your day better so that you can achieve more in a quarter and you don't feel like you're not getting anything done. And in most ways, she is one of the women I look up to. You know, she's kind of made it in my eyes. But she was discussing how that quarter had been kind of a washout for her because she'd been really struggling with anxiety. Now, that's definitely not unusual for people. You know, my phone goes into do not disturb mode pretty much as soon as I finish work. Hello and welcome back to the Business Butch Podcast. I'm your host, Hannah Louise, and today we're going to be talking about how you can set healthy boundaries around communication in your business. So it doesn't matter what kind of business you have, you are going to have to communicate with clients and customers in some capacity. Some businesses have to field a lot, some get away with very little, but if you're actively marketing and growing your business, you are going to have to communicate with strangers. Now, if we don't get this right, it can lead to a ton of problems. I think it's definitely one of the key places where we typically lack boundaries. Even the people at the very top of our industry and the mentors we follow often struggle with creating healthy boundaries around communication. It's definitely something that I've struggled with. You know, for the first few years of my copywriting and content business, I thought I needed to be available to field questions or respond to potential clients and, you know, my actual clients 24-7. You know, while you have those people at the top of their career talking about how not to waste time and how to be more productive, you also have other people in the other ear saying that the early bird gets the worm that you need to be the fastest, the best, the most responsive to win clients. And so I messaged and answered um, questions at all hours. My client base has been global since the very beginning. So I thought I had a responsibility to be available whenever my clients were. That meant that sometimes I would answer a message at 9pm on a Friday when I was out with friends even though I should have been off the clock and not responding to anybody. That, of course, led to burnout. You really can't sustain that level of availability, at least definitely not as an introvert, and I doubt as an extrovert either. It's one thing getting a call from a friend or family member in the evening. You know, I was the queen of listening to productivity podcasts and books because I I love planning. Um... And they all said, all the best ones said, you know, try to only be in your email inbox once or twice a day. But I somehow didn't connect that advice with me when it's a little bit later. But it's quite another to have your clients contact you about work. It's a completely different headspace and you really can't relax. I definitely couldn't anyway. So over time, I tweaked how I worked. I got super clear about when I was available, when I could be expected to answer messages and when I wasn't. You know, one of the things I found really eye-opening around communication and boundaries in businesses was when I was still thinking about whether to pursue coaching on boundaries and I was on a group live call with the productivity coach that I work with. Um, She teaches how to, and there were many reasons for her anxiety, But a huge factor in it was that she was really struggling and resistant to putting healthy boundaries around her in regards to how she communicates with her clients. 
Um, now, she has a big following in a few different areas. She has multiple businesses and she talks about how... And she was talking about how she was trying to get better about not fielding messages on Instagram from people when she's in bed right before she goes to sleep. I was kind of surprised to hear that that was a problem for her, considering that she's about productivity. She's very in tune with herself and into like witchy things. So I kind of assumed that she switched off in the evenings. So despite the fact that she's in my eyes far more successful than me, I felt that I had better boundaries around that kind of thing than she did. And I found that really eye-opening. You know, this boundary stuff is so life-changing and relatively simple. It was one of the moments where I really thought like, she really needs to hear what I have to say. And also because I feel like we're quite similar people and that would be a big no-no for me. And I don't mean that from, you know, a big-headed place. I just thought she could so easily tweak this so that it wasn't an issue. Yeah, as business owners and especially as women, we often don't think of better boundaries as an option until somebody tells us it is. You know, she, especially the coach that I'm talking about and, you know, women in general, we desperately want to help other people. But it's often at the detriment of our own well-being. Anyway. My point is, is that you can set better and healthier boundaries around communication, no matter what business you have, nor how long, far along in the journey you are. You know, she's making multiple six figures a year and she's still struggling with that kind of thing. So this is work that we all need to do, regardless of whether we're still, you know, trying to make that first thousand dollars a month or thousand pounds a month, or we are making multiple six figures a month. This is still important. You know, if anything, if you don't consciously create these boundaries around communication, you'll just build up a tolerance for bad boundaries until you finally crack. So why do we avoid, knowingly or not, setting good boundaries around communication? So there's a few reasons for this, one of which is we believe we have to be the first one in if we're going to get the work. You know, sometimes this is the case. The first one to get back to your to a client will sometimes be the one who gets the work if that happens to be you great but I've had a few times where I've had an email from a potential client about a project in the morning and when I reply in the afternoon they say they've already found somebody in all of these cases I say you know I'm glad you found the right person and wish them well and I go on my way because usually if somebody wants somebody that badly that they're going to make a decision within hours, they're not usually the right fit for me. They're usually the kind of person that wants really quick turnaround, really quick response times, and they're not going to respect, you know, these communication boundaries you need to put in place. Obviously, that's not universally true. You know, sometimes people might just click or have, you know, somebody's ready, says we could do a call right now. We want the people that are looking for the right person, not just the first person. But I have found that to be true in many cases. So another reason why we often resist putting communication boundaries in place is that we think that if we don't get back to people quickly, that we don't care about them. Um, this one's a really big one for many of us that nurture and like the coach I've been talking about, especially when we're um, speaking to our ideal clients. 
you know, often if you wait a little bit longer to reply, you can filter out those people if you are still getting a lot of them in your email inbox. These are the people we really want to help. And so we feel like we are letting them down if we're not answering their questions really, really quickly. But so let's twist this and look at it from a different perspective. If you messaged your favorite coach or someone you really look up to on Instagram, say, whether you've been a client of theirs before or not, and they took 48 hours to get back to you, would you decide that you hated them or just assume that they're busy? You know, unless you had a question that was time sensitive, such as a question about, you know, a program where the cart's closing really soon, you know, most people and the people that you want in your world won't freak out if you take a couple of days to get back to them. You'd at least hopefully be a level-headed human about it. You know, you wouldn't necessarily think that they didn't want to answer you or they'd seen you and thought, you know, X, Y, Z about you. You know, you might even just forget altogether that you message. You might detach yourself just in case they don't. Um, In cases where you can, and if you're worried about it, set up an autoresponder to let them know that you will get back to them as soon as they can, as you can. Um, Another belief that we have is that we'll lose our clients if we aren't there for them immediately. And if you've ever had a client that was angry because you didn't get back to them immediately, then you'll know that you absolutely do not want these clients and customers. They're trying to communicate with you in a way that's unreasonable and so they're not the right client. Anybody who's going to be angry with you because you didn't get back to them in a reasonable time frame is not going to be the right person. Now, if you've ignored somebody that's paying you for, I don't know, a week straight, then they probably are within their right to be angry with you, unless, you know, there's really extenuating circumstances. But if you are just living a normal life and you've clearly told them when you will reply, then they are the people in the wrong, not you. So have a think about if you have any beliefs around communication with your clients. You may have other reasons why you feel like you should be available for your clients at all times that make you feel like you have to respond in a certain speed or a certain way. You know, it could be something as simple as your dad having been a business owner himself and taking every call, even when he should have been spending time with the family. It's that kind of like little thing that seems like it wouldn't have any effect on us that can. So it often takes becoming aware of these beliefs to overcome and overwrite them. Okay, so let's move on to how we can put this all into practice. I've written down four tips here. Make us feel like we should act a certain way that I will read to you to help you start implementing these boundaries. Number one, make your boundaries around communication clear. You're going to have a lot less pushback when you need to be on when you need to be available if you clearly tell people when you are. This doesn't need to be complicated. Just go to your contact page and write down your business hours. That's a great first step. And often doing that will help you make the... Number two is if a client says something to you about how you quickly you've communicated or anything else like that remind them of your boundaries 
the mindset shift that this is when I work and outside that time I'm not available. You can also put it in your email signature, on your thank you purchase emails, in your welcome kit, and any other touch point for your clients or customers. If you tell people what to expect, they won't push back if they're reasonable. You just have to gently remind them about your availability. It doesn't need to be a big deal. You don't need to assume either that they are trying to push you on your boundaries. So I wouldn't expect to hear back from someone within 10 minutes of me sending an email. The same goes that I might still be working and send an email to somebody at 7pm. Just remember that your time is valuable and that you need to protect it. So tell them that you have focus time where you don't look at emails, say, during the day. You know, if I'm paying for someone to do a done-for-you service, I wouldn't want to know that they were stopping every five minutes to check their emails and reply to somebody because you can't get into flow state when you're working that way. But it wouldn't mean that I expected you to reply that late. So it takes putting your own boundaries in place around this and communicating to people about when you will reply to have less stress around people pushing back on this. So number three is automate or outsource. Wherever possible, try to automate or outsource your communication. Autoresponders are great. Um, Try using a chatbot if you sell products. Or hire a VA or assistant to sort through your emails, answer whatever they can, and then only pass on the most important things to you. You know, you don't need to be afraid to give that kind of responsibility to another person and feel like you have to do it all. Outsourcing communication is a great way to protect your creative energy so that you can better give to your clients and customers. Um, Another great tip I like to give is that you don't have to have a quote-unquote real assistant. Um, If you just need to create a degree of separation from yourself and your client to better be able to put these boundaries in place, you know, it's totally okay to make up an assistant and sign emails as this make-believe name just so that you can enforce professional boundaries. Sometimes adding an extra gatekeeper is all you need to have a more harmonious work or customer relationship with your customers. These boundaries have to start with you. Number four is respect your own boundaries. So if I didn't address this fourth one, I'd be doing us all a huge disservice. As as you may have caught on by this far through this podcast, is that the truth is getting other people to respect our boundaries is often far easier than getting ourselves to do it. You know, you may tell your clients that you don't work on a Saturday, yet you wake up on Saturday morning and, you know, not really know what to do with yourself and immediately dive into your email inbox. If it's a fake boundary because you know that you often do work when you say that you don't, um, you know, until late at night or over weekends, you're not going to enforce that boundary properly. You've got to start making boundaries for yourself and respecting them. This was a big problem for me. Um, So if you're a workaholic and find it difficult to switch off, like I used to have a huge problem with, um, I just want to give you some quick tips on things that I've changed and tried. I sometimes will start work super early. I'm a oddly early riser. 
and I'll finish like the bulk of my work uh, as early so like one between one and four p.m so whenever it hits 5 p.m I'll put the computer to sleep and at that point it's the cutoff I can't do anything else and implemented it in my life and my business to ensure that I actually step away from my work to refill my creative well so the first thing I do is put your computer to sleep when you finish the day you know switching off at the end of the day took me years to master for most of us it's so simple but it's also so hard you know today it gets to about five and my brain is ready to turn off I found recently that it's actively hard for me to think about getting back into work mode after that end of the day point and that's not a bad thing by any means I'm so happy about it you know I can relax because I finally got my body into a routine of knowing when to relax I'm finally waking up with more creative energy and not feeling depleted at the end of every few weeks play games or watch things and you know just kind of vegetate a little bit so that I can feel refreshed when I start the next day. So the next tip is if your computer is like a joy, a, a source of joy for you, um, because you like to game or browse the internet in your downtime, um, get yourself another device. So this is a little bit bougie, but if you have your workspace be both where you work and where you relax, it, it really doesn't work. So as long as you have the financial means, separate um, your spaces. So I have options in the evening. I have a little switch light um, that I can game on so that I don't have to continue sitting at my computer. I also have a um, little cheap Chromebook, which I use, I bought for writing like away from my computer, but it's also just my chill out time laptop. You know, it's cheap. It doesn't matter if like a dog jumps on me while I'm using it. And that's where I can like endlessly browse Homeware store <laughs> websites and things like that. Um, I've also got my iPad, which I do use for work, but it's not such like a serious I'm working, interacting with people kind of thing. It's more of my brainstorming space and planning space. So if you need to, give yourself another way to relax. If you used to like gaming, maybe it's worth trying to get back into it so that you have something that you're ready to do in the evenings. You know, you could also start reading more. Um, Kindle Unlimited is a very affordable way to start binge reading things. It's about $10, I think. I pay about 8 or £9 a month for it. And you can read thousands of books on just about any topic on there. Um, Scribd is another good one for that. That's like audiobooks as well as PDFs and all kinds of stuff. Um, you could try starting to watch all the movies that you've been putting off. Whatever you find to do, it just needs to be something that's like enticing enough that you might pause in the middle of your work day and be like, oh, I can't wait to do that later. If you don't start... Um, getting into this routine and setting that boundary for yours for yourself you will find that you have less energy over time so my last tip is to use an app blocker after around 7 30 p.m 
I can't access Facebook, Instagram, or email on my phone. Um, I have to stay off work-related apps, and I can't endlessly take in other people's energy or stress. Um, I'm very empathic, and I find that if I find out about, you know, a heat wave in another country, I will start wanting to cry just because I've imagined all the animals that are struggling. Um, and that kind of thing, while it sound, it might sound silly to some of you, it will like ruin my entire day. I will keep thinking about it. So I've got to prevent myself from taking on a lot of negative energy like that. You know, it's not that we shouldn't ever pay attention to the news, but I find that I don't seek out net the news because here the news sells and anything important it always reaches me just as quickly as it as it would if I was actively seeking it out because that's just the way social media is you know I'm not completely switched off all the time it's just that when I need to relax I turn off so if you're like me and you take on negative energy quite easily you know block social media in the evenings if it doesn't bring you joy block news websites you need to block out the temptation that we sometimes have to see what's wrong in the world and satisfy that kind of there's something wrong feeling that we get from time to time finally i want you to know that you have permission to set healthy boundaries around communication as i talked about in the beginning it can be easy to hear all this advice and make excuses you know that's all right for her because she's got X, or their business is different to mine, or my client needs something. If you find yourself telling yourself that you can't create healthy communication boundaries, pause and question why you believe that. Is it a real belief? Do you really need to be available? You totally have permission to put in place better boundaries around what you want to communicate and how you want to work there are no have to's in your business you work for yourself to have choices so make sure you don't give them away make sure you give those choices to yourself you don't have to take phone calls if you don't want to even if that's what everyone else is doing you know you've got to be the person who creates a business for yourself that makes you thrive not one where you wake up dreading the day ahead because you've got to do things that make you uncomfortable. You've got to lean into your natural strengths, not spend all your time trying to force correct the natural things that you find easy and what you feel like you shouldn't or the, the things that you find hard but you feel like you shouldn't. But accompany these episodes as well as all the other info about me um, and you can find me on Instagram at Boundaries Breakthrough. So I'll leave you with that. Don't forget to take action on what you've heard today if you're struggling to put those better boundaries in place. Even just making a few minor tweaks can seriously improve your business for the better. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd love for you to subscribe, review or tell a business friend about it so they can benefit from better business boundaries. You can find me online at hannahlouise.com. Don't forget that's H-A-N-A where you can find the blog post. So the link for that will be in the show notes and I'd love it if you joined me over there. All right, I'll talk to you next Sunday. Have a wonderful week. I've also recently created a new Facebook group called Business Boundaries Bosses, where we can all come together to talk about the problems we're having, 
um, give each other support tips and celebrate when we enforce these boundaries and of course I'll be there answering questions and other good stuff <laughs>